Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful round town, USA, where a storm raged and the captain realized that the ship was sinking. He called out, anyone here know how to pray? One man stepped forward, hey captain, eyes know how to pray. Good, the captain said, you pray while the rest of us put on our life jackets. We're one short. This is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout out to spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our risen Lord and Savior, thanking him for his sacrifice on Calvary, and we look forward to his soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that your spirit lead and guide us as we speak to your people. We ask that your voice and your will be heard and that they receive your revelation deep in their hearts so it will build them up in the most holy faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, my co-host with the Spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving kindness. The title of our podcast today is Committed Independence. Hey, Christy, how are you? I'm doing really well today. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Better than yesterday. <laughs> Some days are like that. Yeah. But well, we are here in beautiful downtown Roundtown, and we're going to talk about committed independence. Mm. And what is that? Well, the definition of committed independence is a non-traditional relationship committed to everyone maximizing his or her own potential in God. It doesn't fit anything that you now currently know. It is a foretaste of our inheritance in the world to come. So basically, because we have received the Holy Spirit, we now have a taste or a sneak preview of the world to come. That means the new heavens and new earth. And committed independence is the type of relationship that we will have in that place. Mm -hmm. And now because we have a foretaste of it, we are experiencing it in measure here. And what that means is we no longer have to be jealous of our relationships. We don't have to protect them because we don't have to control them. Exactly. What we can do is we can allow God to unite us by his Holy Spirit and let him be the governor of our actions. We don't have to watch over our mate or our spouse and police them because God's doing it. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced that in my life because in our relationship, we're divine mates. Christy and I were divine mates. We're committed to each other in a way that really goes beyond any marriage contract. Mm -hmm. And what I know is that Christy is spirit-led. And so what Christy does when she's with me or without me doing her own thing as God leads, I don't have to worry about her because I know she's in the will of God. And this is true if she is away from me. It's true if she's ministering to a different person, even a man. I don't have to worry about her. I do not have to be jealous because I do not have to keep her because God's got her. And the reason that she's with me in the first place is because she's spiritually connected to me. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a totally different way than most people run their marriages. Exactly. You know, when you sign on the dotted line of your marriage contract, you own that person, basically. 
And all these commitments that our society talks about come into play. And you don't go and spend time with another man. You don't spend time with another woman. You don't even look at another woman mm -hmm. sometimes. You know, some people in marriages are very, very jealous. And they want to protect what they have from being poached by another. And this is basically because they personally don't want to get hurt. They don't want to suffer the pain of rejection or the pain of not feeling special to the other person. And so they protect their heart by controlling the other person. Well, you can't do this. You can't be out doing this. You can't see this person. You know, you have to be eyes focused on me 24-7. And when you control another person, they're not free to be themselves. Exactly. And they become afraid to displease you because of the reaction that you give them. And so they stuff themselves. Hmm. They start becoming less of who they are until they feel caged. They feel stifled. And the love that they used to have in the relationship starts to wane because nobody likes to be in prison. But what we're talking about, this committed independence, is that when we are united by God to another person, we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry that they're going to go off and sin or they're going to go off and pay attention to some other guy or woman. We know that if they're doing that, they're doing that being led by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to feel judgmental. We don't have to feel threatened. We don't have to feel that, oh, they may be taken away. We are totally secure in our hearts that there's nothing that's going to separate us right. from the love of God in them. Exactly. And that's the key right there is the Amen. love of God that flows through that person to you and flows through you to that person. People don't tend to be jealous when they see that God loves another person and they know that God loves them. Most of the time we understand God loves everyone and we encourage people to be with God and know him in the way that we know him. Why are we secure with that? Because godly love, agape love, multiplies. It doesn't divide. It's not that God has X amount of units of love, and he has to divide them out among all of his people on the earth. And every time we add a convert to Christianity, then we it get less of him. there's less of him. And if that was the case, we would just push everybody away from Christianity. There'd only be a few thousand of us, and we just get more of God. That's not how it works. God's love is not divisible. It multiplies only. And so that's the key to this committed independence that we're talking about, is when you are spiritually connected to somebody and you are divine mates with them and you are connected to them in a very deep way by God's leading, it's God in you loving that person and it's God in that person loving you. So therefore, you have that same kind of love in between the two of you, which is a love that multiplies and doesn't divide. The reason most of us get jealous of our spouse or our partner or even a friend when they spend time focusing on somebody else is because we feel like that threatens their relationship with us. If my best friend goes and hangs out for an evening with another friend of hers, I would feel jealous because that would mean that that person is replacing me in her heart or her life. And in an earthly love, that's what happens. When men and women are together by an earthly, fleshly desire, it's very unstable. And if a man sees another woman who's beautiful and goes and talks to her, and there's a spark between them, that could threaten his current relationship because natural earthly love is divisible. 
there's only so much of it to go around. And it waxes and wanes and comes and goes depending on your moods or your hormones yeah, exactly. or whatever's going on in your life. But that's not the kind of love that God gives us for people when he spiritually connects us with them. And when we enter into a deep relationship with them, it's a love that multiplies. Consequently, if our spouse or our partner goes and spends time with somebody else, even talks with them, even goes privately and ministers to them, we're not threatened by that because it doesn't take away from our relationship with them because love multiplies. It's like there's a continual waterfall of love in the relationship and giving a cup to somebody else doesn't take away at all from the waterfall. There's yeah, always there's more so coming. There's so much of it. That's why there's no jealousy. That's why there's no threat. As long as we can keep that mindset that this is a God thing. This is a God love flowing through us. And if we trust ourselves to be led by the Spirit, not perfectly, but when we mess up, we know and we get back on track and we trust our partner, our spouse, our friend to be led by the Spirit, they're obviously not going to be perfect. But if they mess up, God gets them back on track. And there's nothing that can destroy the relationship between the two of you. So therefore, you are free to be led by the Spirit. And it's a beautiful thing because neither one belongs to the other. It's not that you belong to me and I belong to you. We both belong to God. And because we both belong to God and God has connected us, that's the way that we live our lives. I belong to God and a huge part of what he wants me to do is love you and minister to you. You belong to God and a huge part of what he wants to do in you is love me and minister to me. So that is a response to our love for God and the flow of his spirit through us. As I am led by the spirit, I do things in my daily life, sometimes that don't involve you. And as I am led by the spirit, I do a lot of things that do involve you. So we can trust that God is taking care of our spouse, God is taking care of us, and we have the amazing freedom to just be able to follow the Holy Spirit. And the more we follow the Holy Spirit, the more we become the true person who we're created to be, and the more we get to experience the fullness of life that God has for us. That's a good way to put it, the fullness of life. What you need to understand in God is that he's going to create a new creation. It's a world to come. It's a new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. And the Holy Spirit will cover that land as the sea covers the world today. It's going to be so much of God that there'll be no lack for anyone. And in that place, our relationships are governed not by physical attraction. Our relationships are governed by spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. And we are connected to those God wants us to connect to, to the degree that he wants us to connect. So you have somebody that you're drawn to as a mate. You'll be a mate. If you have somebody you're drawn to to talk as a friend, you'll do that. There'll be no jealousy because one does not take away from the other. And what's happening now is that we're experiencing the world to come in measure through the foretaste of the Holy Spirit that God has given us. That's why miracles work in this realm. Miracles are impossibilities. They defy the laws of physics. They are impossible. Then why do they work? It's because we, through the Holy Spirit, are connected to a realm in which they do work. That's good. I like that. We are experiencing life as it will be then, now, through a foretaste of God's inheritance. Likewise, in our relationships, we're experiencing through spiritual connection how the relationships in the new heavens and new earth will work. 
And in there, there's no jealousy. In there, there's no competition. In there, there's no need to control. Mm -hmm. In there, there's only freedom to allow the other person to express themselves in God. And you don't worry about it because you know everything they're doing is being led by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, it doesn't threaten what you have with them. There's nothing to be threatened if there is a consistent, eternal, unconditional love that flows between you. Nothing can shake it. It's just like there's nothing that can shake God's love for you. God's love for you will be eternal. Whether you turn away from him and end up in hell or whether you end up with him in heaven for eternity, his love for you will never change. And so nothing can threaten that. Nothing that you do, nothing that anybody else does. And that is the love that flows between spiritual connections. And so consequently, there's nothing that can threaten it. And you see the evidence when you really allow a spiritual connection, a partner, a spouse to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. They feel that love. They feel that support. They feel that freedom. And it entices them back to you. They don't feel controlled. They don't feel manipulated. They don't feel like, oh, I better not do this or I'm going to hurt someone or I better not do this or this person's going to get mad at me. There's no walking on eggshells. There's just freedom to follow the Holy Spirit as he leads us. Not only that, but when you are really connected to someone, you can sense when they are following the leading of the Spirit. Even if they're yeah, being exactly. led to go do something that doesn't involve you, and you, you're you both connected you're to the okay. same Spirit, and you're okay with it. It's a beautiful existence, and it's very, very foreign to what we experience on this earth. I've heard a lot of people say, well, God is a jealous God, and consequently, jealousy is a godly feeling, and I can feel jealous. <laughs> but you said something in your blog that you wrote the other day that I thought was interesting. God says, vengeance is mine, and I will repay. Right. Consequently, it is sin for us to be vengeful. Right. We need to trust God to take care of that. Just because vengeance is God does not mean that vengeance is okay for us. It's God's business. It's God's department, not ours. And the same with jealousy. God has a pure, loving, holy jealousy because he loves us so intensely. But his jealousy is not in a way that we can comprehend. And it's not something that we can say, oh, well, it's okay for me to be jealous because that's God's domain. It's God's business to be jealous as he sees fit in his nature. For us, jealousy is considered a sin. It's showing not trusting your friend or your partner, your spouse, your spiritual connection. It's also not trusting God. Because even if somebody messes up and we join together to come to God, God works everything out. Nothing has to be destroyed. Nothing has to be torn apart. We can trust God to take care of our relationships and our spouses. And the more we relax into allowing the flow of the Spirit in our partners, the more they become the fullness of who they are, which is going to be somebody that's going to enhance the fullness of who you are. Well, it's true. You know, in some cultures, a woman flying into a jealous rage because her husband is looking at another beautiful woman is cliche. It's just like, oh, well, that's cute. They're really in love and she really loves him. No, she's possessive and (laughs) she's not acting godly because she's threatened by that other woman who she thinks might poach her man. Likewise, some men think that they can say what a woman does. You know, well, you can't go here. You can't do that. You can't see this person. You got to be home by this time. And they control their mate thinking that they preserve their relationship. But what they're really doing is they're sticking their nose into God's business. Mm, That's good. Because God is wanting that spirit-led woman to go and do something. And maybe it takes a half hour longer than what you gave her. Does she obey you or God? Well, she should obey God, and it should be okay with you that she does. I've known that you've talked with different persons in ministry, and I didn't say, shut it down, he's a man. Yeah. 
you felt that they wanted honestly to know some things. And then we just let it go. And pretty soon we'd sense where they were at. And if their heart wasn't right with God, then you'd shut it down. No harm, no foul. I wasn't bothered by it. Why? Because I trust you. I know that God's spirit leads you. I don't have to police you. I don't have to be there every moment, every day to see that you don't make a mistake that jeopardizes our relationship. Why? Because our relationship is strong in God. And your heart is never to sin. Your heart is never to cross the line. Therefore, I don't have to be there making sure you don't. Committed independence is a higher way born out of a higher love. We allow people to be free in God because we trust the God that we believe in. And we trust that God can lead us, and we trust that God can lead our spouse. And this allows God to have a lot of leeway to do what he needs to do when he needs to do it with whomever he needs to do it with. And we can be more useful as an instrument of God's love when we're not controlled by another human being. Mm -hmm. And this is a real hallmark of the tabernacle experience. It's committed independence. We are committed in our hearts. We are committed by the Holy Spirit. We are a couple. Mm -hmm. But we allow God to use us as individuals as he sees fit. We don't take over control of another because now we think we have some contract. Exactly. Our contract is with God personally. And he is the one that put us together. So he is the one that leads, guides, and directs what we should do. And this is just a lot less trouble. It really is, yes. We don't have to be worrying about what the other person does. The other person go live in a totally different city, and we see them once every other week, and we won't be at home, you know, biting our nails, thinking that they're out with somebody else. We know they aren't. And this sounds so foreign to people. Yeah, the whole concept is very foreign to an earthly way of life. It used to be that guys thought as their wives as possessions. Yeah. That's why they took their last name. You know, now I own you. Exactly. There's a certain modicum of being a man and being protective and Mm -hmm. looking after your woman. And and that's all fine and good. There's no problem with that. It's just when you become over controlling to Mm -hmm. where you're following them on the GPS on their phone. Just to see where they're at. Every just to given... make sure they're not going someplace that you don't want them to go. Yeah, and then calling them up and says, why are you there? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's creepy. <laughs> it is. And... It's also illegal in a lot of places. <laughs> yeah, and so with committed independence in God, because you have a divine love with your spouse, you don't have to worry about that stuff. Exactly. God gets to do what he wants to do. You don't got to worry that there's going to be sexual sin. Sexual sin is the furthest from their hearts it, it is. that yeah. it could get. No propensity to do that. That's just how it is. Because the relationship of intimacy that you have is born out of your love for them that comes through God. So just as God leads you in ministry and kindness and doing things with him, God leads you in that area as well. And it's not something that you would just take and give to someone else. It flows from God and God doesn't lead you to leave that devotion to that person and move to someone else. That's what the committed part of committed independence is, is in your heart, you are committed to that person. And you do it out of obedience to God. You do it because you want to. You do it out of love for that person. So you're committed to that person, but that doesn't mean that they are your possession or you are their possession. It's just that you walk as one. There's no need to be possessed because you walk as one. It's a 
joint choice. It's a decision to walk together. And so there's no need for possession. I remember when God was drawing me to you, and he tells me over and over again, you've got to leave your natural thinking mind and all the experiences that you've had about relationships, because this is not an earthly relationship. This is something that supersedes it. It's higher. And he told me, don't think of Michael as my anything. I need to put a title on this. I need to put a label on this. He is my something. God, I have a box. (laughs) I have to have a box to put this in. God says, no, this box is beyond your comprehension. So don't think of him as your anything. Think of him as the person that I have connected you to, that I have given you to love, that I have given you to minister to, that I've given you to minister with. And so there's no reason to put a label or a title because then if I think of it that way, I don't think of you as my possession. I think of you as a gift to me from God that ministers to me and loves me. And I think of you as a person that I connect with and minister to and minister with. There's no possession there. It's not like you're my anything. We really want to have titles, but we don't have to have a title. That's why I just love the idea of saying spiritual connection, because spiritual connection means it is authored by God and it's so broad, it could be anything. It could be you and your child. It could be you and your best friend. It could be you and your grandma. It could be you and your spouse. It could be you and a friend of the opposite sex. And if God is connecting you, it's a spiritual connection. And then that's all you have to define it with. You don't have to say, this is my husband, this is my aunt, this is my friend, this is my really, really good friend. There's just this element of spiritual connection that's the umbrella, meaning that God ordained it, God drew you together, God is authoring it, flowing through it, and it's of God. And that comes in all sorts of different shapes and sizes and forms. And that gives you the freedom to obey God in that context. And it's really a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing to the point where right now, if you're not in it, you can't imagine it. Exactly. Jesus said that when we go to heaven, there'll neither be marriage and we won't be given in marriage. But it doesn't mean there'll be no relationship. Exactly. Like you say, there is a higher than marriage that goes on over there. A deeper commitment that is spiritual in nature that unites people as God leads And it's not according to the natural mind. Everybody's going to be fantastically beautiful, gorgeous, handsome. Everybody may or may not have clothes. We don't know how far that's going to go back to the garden. How are you going to get together? Well, you're going to get together just as Adam and Eve did. God made Eve, brought her to Adam. It was a spiritual connection God was intimately involved in. Mm. And this is how it will be in the world to come. And we're experiencing that in this realm at this time because God is beginning to form the body of Christ along lines of his spiritual design. We are being fitly joined together by his spirit into a working body that is fit for a perfect head. So the body can't be all disorganized, can't be full of disease and full of wrong things and been joined to Christ's head, it needs to be perfected so it can be like Jesus. So what's happening now is that God is spiritually connecting us as he wills. And the only problem is it doesn't look like we think it should look. Exactly. It doesn't form the way we think it should form. It's a heavenly design, not an earthly reasoning. And so as God is now in some cases, pulling apart marriages so that he can form spiritual relationships. This doesn't make any sense to our natural minds. It's, oh my God, they're violating the holy matrimony. Matrimony is a man-made construct mm-hmm. that God really never intended. 
God wanted to join people by his spirit, and that was it. This whole thing about doing all the rituals, making all the promises, you know, you might as well be between two hills and having the blessings and the cursings being spoken to you like Israel did when you rocked down the aisle, you know, for better or for worse, in <laughs> sickness and in health, in richer and in poorer. No matter how bad it gets, you must stay committed. And here's the cursings if you don't. Yeah. I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to take your children. I'm going to make you a laughing stock of the community. No, none of that was ordained of God. This whole idea of marriage is a legal construct for a legal society here on earth. Till death do you part. Well, when you go to heaven, the whole contract thing is done. But in contrast, if you're divinely connected to a spiritual mate here on earth, it lasts from here into heaven. And it's an eternal thing. If God is joining you. Right. That's the big if. God has to join you, not just your bishop, not just your natural mind. It actually has to be a connection formed of God by his spirit. Right. And that is the fundamental thread that has to run through this in order for it to work. Because a lot of people in their natural minds work in a sort of committed, independent sort of setting where they're with their partner, their spouse, for a time. And maybe they work separately and they separate for a time and they come back together and it works to a certain degree. But when we are really connected with someone, not only do we not want to feel separate from them or be apart from them, but we aren't truly apart from them. One of the truths that God's been teaching me since I came into Tabernacles is separation is an illusion. And there's so many different levels of that truth that I'm still learning. But one of the fundamental ones is when you are spiritually connected with someone, you are with them always. There are times when I feel your presence with me in the middle of the night when you're not there. When you are spiritually connected to someone, even though Michael and I may have days apart, we can sense each other and know what's going on. Right. So it's not like we come together and say, oh, three days ago, I had a bad day. You did. Oh my gosh, what a shock. What happened? If they're having a bad day, you know, you feel it. You call them up or you send them a text and say, hey, what's going on? I can feel things are bad. A lot of people feel like they need to police their partner because they need to know what's going on. God does that for you and allows you to be aware of what's going on, not so he can tell on them and say, ooh, they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing, <laughs> but because you share their burdens with them. And when there's a struggle, you feel it. I remember the night that you were helping me move into the apartment and you came down with some people and got to be late and you left late at night and had to drive two hours back to where you were going. And about an hour and a half after you left, I woke up and was just sure there was something wrong. And I tried messaging you and there was no response. And I tried calling, there was no response. And I thought, oh my gosh, something bad is happening. And I didn't feel that it was life-threatening or that you were in pain, but there was trouble. There was a struggle somewhere. Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out what it was. Finally, about two hours later, you got back to me and said, yeah, the car that you were in had a flat tire and it was on a mountain where there was not much phone reception and you had to have people come and pick you up and take them back and then figure out what you're going to do about the car. And it was a two or three hour experience. I could feel that. My spirit is connected to your spirit. So when you're struggling and you're dealing with something, I feel it. And likewise, when I'm exactly. dealing with something, you feel it. And that's a beautiful thing because you are always with your spiritual connection in that regard. You are always sensing them and, and knowing what they're going through. When they're having a bad day, you can pray. You can encourage them. You can send love to them through the Spirit of God. When they're up, you feel good. When they're happy, you feel happy for them. So there's no need to have to monitor them and put a little tag on their ankle so you can see where they are all the time. It's a matter of allowing the spirit to 
revealed to you when they have a need so you can pray for them, you can minister to them, not so you can control them, not so you can call them up and say, God told me that you're in this bar talking to this person. That's not how it works because God leads the person by the Spirit. So if they are in a bar talking to someone, you can know that God has led them there for a reason and you're okay with it. There's no jealousy or control. It's it's a beautiful experience, otherworldly. It's an amazing thing. It's a higher love. It's a love that goes by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. What you have to understand is that the laws that we have, they are simply accommodations to the fall of man and sin. Because we are sinful people that need laws because we are lawbreakers. But the only law that God really gave us in the beginning was not to eat of the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. He didn't want us to know good and didn't want us to know evil. What did he want us to know? He wanted us to know revelation. And because we broke with God and became natural-minded people, we started making natural-minded laws. And this is what the whole problem is. We live by our natural minds. We live by our natural laws. We live by what seems good and evil to us instead of just being led by the Spirit and by receiving his revelation. And thus, we're always thinking about what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong and if we should do this and if we should do that. When the only thing you need to do is ask God and let him tell you what to do and then do it. It's a much simpler way to live, and it's the way that Jesus lived on earth. Jesus did not make his own decisions. Mm-hmm. Whatever he heard his father say or saw his father doing, which means heard God's voice to him or saw in a vision, that's what he did. He didn't question it. He didn't second guess it. He didn't think if this was going to fit in his schedule. He didn't have a schedule other than to do what God wanted to do at any given moment. And this is where we're going to. When we become like Jesus, we're not going to have our own reasoning anymore. We're simply going to listen to the revelation of God and do what he says at any given time. And this is when the yoke becomes easy and the burden becomes light because we're not carrying it ourselves. We're simply doing moment by moment what God says for us to do. And we don't question it, we don't judge it, we don't second-guess God, we just do it. Therefore, God has ultimate freedom in his body to accomplish his will on earth. And therefore, we fulfill the prayer of Jesus. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Nobody questions God in heaven. Nobody says, well, do you really think that's good? No, they just do it. And God, being a good God... Fortunately, everything he does is good. Everything he does has a benefit and a blessing for us, as well as more blessings and benefit for other people around us. And committed independence is part of that blessing. Yes, it is. It is freedom in relationships. Yes, that's good. It is not a 1960s styles hippie free love. It's so far from that. Mm-hmm. It is a committed independence based on the Holy Spirit and what he is leading individuals to do. And when he leads individuals to become couples, to be divine mates, that's his will. And that is the power of the relationship and the basis of the relationship. Mm -hmm. We don't have a contract because we don't need one. We already gave our vow to Jesus when we asked him to be her Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. And really, that is our vow. That we believe in Jesus Christ and we are his servants. And that includes being 
a spouse type relationship. It's a totally different way of going about things. It's a higher way. It's a higher love based on a higher law. It's based on revelation. And I would encourage everybody, man or woman, don't judge what God does. He knows what he's doing. He's God. He's got it figured out before you thought about it. And if he's leading you to be connected to somebody, allow him to do it and allow it to go where it goes. Because if it is of God, it always has blessing for you and that person at Mm -hmm. the end. And sometimes it's incredibly, incredibly important. It's important that we take God seriously. He doesn't speak idly. He doesn't connect just for fun. He connects for a reason. And you got to be very, very conscious that you have been trusted with his will. And if you don't do it, maybe nobody will. Mm, That's right. That's the whole key, doing what God wants you to do. That's why God wants us to have this committed independence, because he wants to get things done through us. And he wants each individual to have the freedom to follow him. When we talk about independence, it's not like, well, I can do my own thing, make my own decisions, live my own life, and then just kind of have this relationship on the side. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the independence to be able to freely follow the Spirit of God as we connect to God. If we feel in the moment God is leading us to do something, we just do it. And we trust that God will lead and guide and it will be okay. There doesn't need to be permission granted or rules set up and you can only talk to a woman in this sense or you can only talk to a man in this sense. We receive the freedom from God to be independent in Him. It's not about us. It's not about selfishness. That's why you don't have to worry about sin. We don't take this relationship and say, oh, yay, now I can go do whatever I want. Nobody will ever know. (laughs) That's not what this is about. What this is about is allowing God to flow through you how he wants to flow through you. And you share the joy of that when you come back together with your partner, with your spiritual connection, and they rejoice with you. They can feel the good when it happens. They can feel the struggles that you have, and you share that experience together. And it's beautiful on a lot of levels. It's beautiful primarily because God gets to do what he wants through us. The way that God has chosen to work on this earth most of the time now is through his body. And the more we yield to him and allow him to work, the more it's like God working through Jesus, who is completely yielded to him. None of us is going to yield to God that perfectly on this earth. But little by little, we can grow in that increasingly, and we can really give God the opportunity to flow through us to do the things that he wants to do. That's a beautiful thing for God to flow through us the way he wants to flow through us. The other beautiful thing is that you as an individual are allowed to become the person that God created you to be. I remember there was one time several years ago when I directed a choir at a church for an Easter cantata. Absolutely loved it. Just felt like it was something I was called to do. It was beautiful. God anointed it. It was wonderful. And afterwards, one of the women in the church came up and said, you've missed your calling. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And I could feel in my spirit that, in a sense, that was part of what I was supposed to be doing. But the situation I was in and the relationship I was in, I didn't have the freedom to pursue what I felt God was calling. So now, several years later, as I'm in spiritual connection and relationship with you, when God was leading me to take a job as a music teacher in a school, which will to help me to step into the fullness of what God's created me to do. Not only did you encourage me to do it, but you knew that it was God and you helped enable me to be able to do that. So I am given the freedom now to be who I am, to do what God is calling me to do. And it doesn't take away from my relationship with you. If anything, it enhances it because I love the support you give me. I love the fact that you love me as a person and you want me to be everything I can be in God. And that encourages me back toward you. The other beautiful aspect of it is When we're allowed to have the freedom to follow God, 
we are allowed to become the best people we can possibly be. And when we are the best people we can possibly be, that makes us the best spouse or friend or person of any type of relationship that we can be to another. I am a better person when I'm allowed to be what I'm created to be in God. When I allow his spirit to flow in me and through me, he molds me to the person he wants me to be. And I become more and more Christ-like the more I yield to him, which makes me a better person, which makes me a better friend, which makes me a better lover, which makes everything flow in your life better. And so you're blessed by allowing me to grow in me. And I'm blessed when I encourage you to be yourself and allow God to flow through you how he wants to flow through you, because it makes you a better person, it fulfills you, and that love and that joy reflects and returns back to me. It's just an overall beautiful experience. Yes, and doesn't everybody want a beautiful experience? (laughs) I know I do. I think that being joined to the person that God wants is beautiful. Plus, you have that added benefit that God blesses what he offers. You know, right now what we have is really a holdover from medieval Catholicism. It permeates our culture. And there's a lot of shame in people. And for many people, what they think God wants them to do is codified doctrine. It's their teaching of their church. And the church has very strict views on how you can relate to an opposite sex. And you have to follow those rules or you're in sin, and therefore you feel shame. And God doesn't follow the rules of the Catholic Church. I know this comes as a shock to many Catholics, but God doesn't even see the Catholic Church. He doesn't even see the Protestant Church. What he sees is people that are in need of salvation. Mm. It's a weird thing to think that many people who go to organized religion are in need of salvation. Because they think they're saved. And they're totally bamboozled by the clergy into thinking if they do these things that they please God. That is not necessarily true. If you do the things that the Holy Spirit leads you to do, then you please God. That may or may not conform to a particular church's doctrine. What we have now is a situation where most people have not married according to the Holy Spirit. I mean, that is the underlying false foundation that makes everything that is built upon that unsteady and prone to fall down. And so if you are married to somebody that God did not call you to be married, you find it a struggle. After the first blush of getting to know each other a couple years down the line, a couple kids, you're worn out, they're worn out. You wonder where the love went. Well, it was a natural love. It wasn't a spiritual love. It wasn't a love given from above because God wanted you together. It was a natural love because you had congruent interests and you have this imperative and you given by God to procreate. And it was time because you'd waited for Mr. Right. Mr. Right didn't show up, so you'd took Mr. Convenient. (laughs) So this is the situation. And when God comes to his temple, what does he do? He cleanses his temple. He drives out the things that are not supposed to be there. And one of those things, unfortunately, is marriages that were not done according to his will. Now, many times he'll just let them go on because people, even if he broke them apart, wouldn't do anything else. They just marry somebody else that wasn't his will. But those who really want to follow God's will, if they're in a very bad marriage that has not been conducive to their spiritual growth, he'll just break them apart. He'll give them what we call the divine divorce. 
And divine divorce in the Christian church is going to become a real term, a real thing, and eventually a real doctrine. Because what's going on right now just simply doesn't work. And when God does the divine divorce, it's kind of like you come into his presence and he says, look, you guys, hey, I know that you did the best you could when you got married, but it wasn't my will. And so I would like you just to gently pull apart, maintain your Christianity, don't go demonic on the other person, Mm -hmm. and let's just get beyond this so that I can lead and guide you as individuals into blessings. That's his heart. Yeah. It's not to curse. It's to bless. But in your present configuration, that's not going to happen. And you know in your heart it isn't. And so when God leads you to divine divorce, and it has to be leading, it can't just be you wake up one day and say, I don't like this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. If you weren't led to marry him, then don't get divorced if God isn't leading you to unmarry him. I mean, don't compound the error. Let God lead you. He may say, stay. He may say, go. But let it be him this time, not just your natural-minded reasoning. God wants to lead you out of the quagmire and into the solid ground so that he now can lead you to be with the person he wants you to be with. Now, this doesn't make sense to the majority of the people, but this is where things are going. And this is where the body of Christ will go. The body of Christ is a perfected conglomerate of people that individually listen to the Holy Spirit. And you are not going to be able to become perfected if you're chained to a person who doesn't want to follow God. Or isn't the person that will follow God with you. Maybe that person will follow God with another person. But as long as that sin, that fundamental error in your life is there, God is not going to be able to bring you to the place where you can be part of the body of Christ. The body of Christ needs to function perfectly like those starlings. They need to be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that they'll just move as one. And if you're fighting every other day with your spouse, feeling like the weight of the world is upon you, you can't be a starling. It's just that simple. You'll drop out. Or you'll just make everybody else miserable around you because you can't pay attention to what the other starlings are doing because you're so distracted with the problem in your life. Yeah. And it's not your fault per se. It's sin. Everybody has committed sin, whether it's lying, stealing, judging, hating, or getting married to somebody that God didn't want you to get married to. It's sin. What do you do with sin? You repent of it, which means you change your direction 180 degrees and go the opposite way. And a lot of people just need to repent of their marriages so they can get right with God and go on to his glory. And I know that this is very difficult to hear for people, but it is a cup of cold water to those it applies to. That's right. And I think something that really helps with this understanding is that What God is doing in this day and age, as this world is slowly but surely coming to its end, God is wanting to restore people that will follow him into what he originally created. That's the whole purpose of the new heavens and the new earth, is to create again what God intended from this creation. So we go from the viewpoint of what is right in heaven, what is right in the new earth, not as what is right on this earth. And how did God join 
Adam and Eve together. He made Eve and gave her to Adam. And that's all there was to it. He ordained them to be together and he put them together. There was no contract. There was no marriage. There was no commitment. There was not a list of rules that they needed to follow, a list of vows. It was a matter of God saying, this is not good for him to be alone. I'm going to give him a helper. And he gave him a helper. And then they were together. So we assume, okay, yeah, Adam and Eve were the first couple. and That works all fine and well. But then we think that nowadays it's different and we need to put rules and constructs and laws and vows with it to make it what it's supposed to be. But that's not how God does it. If God joins you to be with someone, you're with that person. If you accept God's calling, then you're with that person. That's all there is to it. Now, that's not a bad thing to get married. If you are with a divine maid and you want to get married legally, that's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Just like there's no problem with buying a house and having a mortgage agreement that you signed. There's nothing wrong with that if you're led to do that. But there's nothing magical about the mortgage papers. If you sign a mortgage for 30 years and you decide in five years you want to move to another state, you're allowed to get out of that mortgage contract legally and go do something else. You sell your house, then the contract is made void, you go and do something else. That's the same way that we need to view any earthly contract is you do only what God leads you to do. And if you've made a mistake, if you bought a house in Boston and three years later you realize God really wants me to be in California, he didn't want me to be in Boston, then you repent of your move to Boston, you sell your house, you move to California. We should see all the choices we make in the same way and realize that God authors relationships based on what he wants. And until we are in that relationship that he has authored, we're just not going to be fulfilled. And in many cases, we're just in sin. Exactly. You know, what we're really concerned about in these podcasts is telling you the truth and lifting burdens that have been placed upon you by a clergy that doesn't really understand God. Yeah. And so many people are burdened with cares and concerns of this world that really aren't something that God's concerned about as much as you think. And if you're suffering in a really bad marriage, we want to help you to understand that God's will is not that you suffer. It's the will is that you have a relationship which he can work through to bless both of you. Now, if God wants to heal your present marriage, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you've been there 10 years and it's still as bad as the day you did it, then you got to consider and we are trying to speak truth to you so that you can consider. Because sometimes unless somebody come and tell you and turn on the light, you just don't see what's yeah. really going on. Yeah. So committed independence is basically the better than marriage that God has for us in the new heavens and new earth. And we're getting a sneak preview of it here. Mm-hmm. If we will accept it, we can experience it now. And I can tell you from personal experience, it's the best thing since sliced bread. That's right. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Well, thank you for coming to the end of the podcast. You're an intrepid soul, and we give you another gold star for your amazing collection. (laughs) We ask that if this podcast has blessed you or spoken to your heart some way, you probably know somebody else that can benefit from this. And so play it forward. Let somebody else know that this podcast exists and send them the link so that they can hear the word of God too. You know, they're going to make their own decisions, Mm -hmm. but give them the chance. And that's how you can thank us the best way, because we want the word to get out. Exactly. You know, we don't lack money. 
We don't mm-hmm. lack anything else except connection. And we want to connect to the body of Christ that God wants us to connect to. And that's why we're reaching out through this podcast to those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to this generation. So if you want to bless us, play it forward. Mm -hmm. We love you. You're doing so good. But first, a word from our sponsor. How are you? I am the Righteous Reverend, and I have come to you to bless you today. And I want you to notice my two fur friends I have with you. These are my comfort dogs. Now, I didn't know anything about comfort dogs until I saw a person in Walmart, and he had a little dog on a leash in a sweater. And that dog was there, and he was just following him around. Every time he moved, the little dog would dee, 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 dee. And I asked, what is that? Said, oh, that's my comfort dog. I say, you don't say. Does it comfort you? Oh, yes, I feel whole when I'm around my comfort dog. And I thought, my word, what a revelation. So I went out, and I bought two. And I named one Fi, and the other one Go. So together, it's Fido. The gets pun. Now they're teacup poodles. I can hold both of them in two hands, and it works out that way. I can just put them in my pockets when I go travel, and nobody knows they're there. Now they're very holy, like I'm holy. You know, my my holiness just kind of rubs off on things that I'm around. You know, and so I have holy comfort dogs, and I feel so good. And I want you just to accept that. I'm going to put them right here on the podium here. And I'm going to give the sermon. So don't let them distract you. Because I need them. I need them to comfort me. As I'm giving the word of God. Amen? It's been a righteous moment. It's a righteous reverend. Be blessed. Well, that's uh, interesting information there, righteous reverend. Thank you for being our sponsor. We appreciate everything that you do for us. <laughs> Or to us. (laughs) But we appreciate everybody that's listened to the end of the podcast. You have a great seven days ahead of you. Let God lead and guide you. It is the best thing you can possibly do. We'll see you next time on God's Love Club. Bye-bye. Bye. The only thing is that if you're not careful, you forget in places. I've had to replace five three times since I got them. I tell you, when I wash them, they don't come out good. You know, they're real fluffy, but they don't move much. <laughs>